0: You are listening to Yo Teach, the Iowa Council of Teachers of English podcast, episode three. Upcoming on this month's show, I talk to Molly Pierce about celebrating National Poetry Month and how she infuses poetry into her classes. Allison Berryhill shares a poem. And of course, book talks, including a couple of poetry books to add to your collection. Hey everybody, Austin Hall here. As a member of the publications team of the ICTE Executive Board, it is my pleasure to welcome you to the YoTeach podcast. The podcast is produced every month for your enjoyment, and notes from each episode can be found at the online home for ICTE, www.iowaenglishteachers.org. Be sure to check out the website for all things ICTE. You can also follow our organization on Twitter at ICTE underscore board, and find us on Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Now, let's get to the show. One of my hopes for this podcast is being able to bring new voices in English education in Iowa uh, to the forefront and to all of you guys, our membership of the Iowa Council of Teachers of English. Uh, and I'm happy to do that this month as I uh, was able to get the chance to sit down with uh, one of my brand new colleagues at Dallin Catholic High School, Molly Pierce. Molly Pierce has taught in Maine for the better part of 15 plus years, uh, and this was her first year coming back to Iowa after being uh, from Fort Dodge uh, in her early years. Uh, Here's me getting the chance to sit down with colleague Molly Pierce and talk a little bit about poetry. All right, this is uh, Austin Hall here with a person who is very special to me, our newest member of uh, the English department here at Dowling Catholic High School, Uh, and someone I first thought of uh, when I wanted to get into this April podcast, uh, because as we all know, April is National Poetry Month, um, and that's something that Mrs. Pierce, I know, has a a passion for uh, and brings into her classroom. So uh, first up, Molly, thank you for joining me.
1: You got it, hello.
0: Hello. Hello. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for being a part of this. As I said, you're new to our department. Uh, You're not necessarily new to Iowa, though. So I guess maybe I'll just sort of give you the floor if if you want to kind of introduce yourself to your fellow ICTE membership and who you are and mm-hmm. how the teaching has been going and, and what do you enjoy teaching, those types of things.
1: Great. So thank you so much for having me. This is a real pleasure. I love talking about the art of teaching and poetry. So this is a great, great month to talk about this. So uh, I am new to Dowling Catholic this year and love it here. This is not my first year teaching. This I have been teaching for 18 years now. And 16 of those have been, actually, 18 of them have been in public school. Uh, the past 16 have been out at Kennebunk High School in Maine, where my husband and I have been living. Um, we have two kids, and this year I'm fortunate enough to teach uh, the fre- freshman classes mm-hmm. <laughs> and to advance 10 English classes. And so, and that's really my kind of my sweet spot. I love teaching sophomores. And but I have realized how much I love teaching freshmen this awesome. year too. Yeah. It's been a long time. But it's when you can channel their energy <laughs> man, right. <they> come, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> when, right. <laughs> right,
1: exactly. So but I really kind of love teaching any level. I've taught um juniors and seniors the past sixteen years, really. So just uh, enjoying doing that. So a little bit of world lit, American lit, every type of, type of writing and every text type, including poetry. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's a so little bit about can,
0: me. Kind of a uh, Swiss army knife. Anything yeah. you take and enjoy, it sounds like. So you mentioned uh, Maine uh, and yeah. decision to come back to, to Iowa. I'm curious. I mean, this sounds like it's kind of a homecoming of sorts right. for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe you could speak a little bit about what it's been like coming back. To Iowa, the decision yeah. behind the move, yep. uh, how, how you feel like you're getting reacquainted and right. all that, all right. that stuff. So,
1: right. I mean, it does sound, it does seem kind of out of the blue. And even just talking with people in the grocery store, like you're from Maine, what's that? <laughs> but I mean, the short story is I was born in Fort Dodge, shout out to <laughs> Fort Lauderdale, Dodge <laughs> and, um, all my people up there. But we moved when I was just a, a little kid, I was probably nine. We moved sure. out to Colorado, which really is where i kind of see my home is colorado i grew up there uh didn't leave until i married my east coast husband (laughs) thus living in maine uh we didn't leave till 2001 so essentially it is kind of a homecoming coming back to iowa and i have a lot of family out here and just the wide open spaces and my husband and i i mean we could have lived out in maine for the for the next 40 years sure it's awesome out there. It's beautiful. Looks awesome. Yeah. yeah, just I love my department out there. My friends, um, his family's out there too. Sure. But we were just really ready for something new. I hope this is okay to say, but we were, <laughs> we were literally standing in the shire of in New Zealand hmm. in the summer of twenty fifteen, and we both looked at each other and said, "We could move here. <laughs> we could move here." I took a bunch of kids to different trips throughout the years, sure. and that was one of the trips. And that just gradually grew into well, what if we move to Iowa? <laughs> Which I know sounds <laughs> crazy. That's but awesome. <laughs> And we were like, yeah, what if we move to Iowa? That's I think where we're supposed to be. I think that's where we're kind of being called, and and let's go to Iowa. So we started looking around, and I can't believe I got an interview at Dowling, and I work here, and it's <laughs> wonderful. And so it's great to have you. Like yeah, you well. thanks. So that's kind of the journey um, as far as a homecoming, and it has been. Wonderful! Just the people, are that whole Iowa nice thing. Right. I, mean, I really feel like Odysseus kind of coming home after twenty years because I don't really know Iowa. I mean, mm-hmm. I was born here, but it is such an adventure, and I we never came to the big city of Des Moines.
0: Right? right. Because I mean, I was just it's different real. worlds. Right? Yeah. So
1: this is this is just a new part of the world for me, and it's been really a good transition and great department to work with. So. No,
0: that's great. And, and yeah. wonderful wonderful to hear, hear that you feel like you're sat alone, man. Yeah, and,
1: uh, definitely. All that stuff. So, uh,
0: well, I mentioned at the top, uh, obviously, this podcast is for April. Yeah. Uh, hashtag NAPOMO, National Poetry Month, yep. right? Um, and so I I, I know firsthand that, that you've already, in your time with us, um, sort of put poetry on the map a little bit for, for us in our department. So I wonder if maybe you could just speak a little bit about your, your passion for poetry in the classroom, how it finds its way in your classes, and some of your favorite lessons or activities or just poetry things that,
1: poetry things. that right. uh,
0: Mrs. Pierce uh, has to work with them. Yes, yeah.
1: Right, So if so I guess just personally, there is just a fire for poetry. I remember being a little girl and learning about Romeo and Juliet with my mom. And it would the the play would come on TV and we'd watch it together and she she'd cry and it was just <laughs> awkward, um, but wonderful. And I realized there was something to words. And my grandma Nita had would read uh, stories and poems to us too. So there's always a, a big language aspect growing up. And so, uh, you know, being an English teacher, um, words just are part of you. And coming, you know, going from Maine. With the ocean and Hmm. the rich history of, uh, you know, the transcendentalists and being able to go to Walden, which was an hour from my house and, and, um, you know, really getting to know Boston and New York poets and Walt Whitman and being able to go to these places that I had learned about growing up in Colorado was such a privilege and so amazing to just learn about Thoreau's, um, Maine woods and, um... But it's been a beautiful seeing the poetry in Iowa too, and just the wide open sunsets. And, you know, I kind of think about Willa Cather and my Antonia, <laughs> and the, and the, but I had grown up with that too. My mom's right. love, my mom, and my family's from Fort Dodge, and just the wide open fields and seeing the beauty. I mean, honestly, the sunsets and sunrises are poetry out here. Mm-hmm. Everything's blocked by trees. Out <laughs> right. out these, and it's just, uh, it's poetry in So So naturally, it lends to the classroom. And um, so some of my favorite lessons with poetry, the first one is the school-wide, the poetry out loud. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, if you're not involved in it, get involved in poetry out loud. My old high school, um, you know, we had started doing it past five or six years. And just seeing like that, that kid that you had no idea have poetry interest come alive in the right. classroom. And it happens every year. These kids are like, where did that person come from? Where did that young man come from? Where did right. his voice come from? And it's powerful. And it, they make it their own. And and so that has been a real privilege to be able to, to, not to bring poetry out loud to the school here, but just to bring that passion and talk about it, because English teachers tend to have that passion, right? and bring it into their um, classrooms And then the kids sign up and they do it. And it becomes this culture of poetry.
0: Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And providing that stage for, for kids who maybe didn't even realize that they had that passion or interest or talent.
1: Right, that talent. Yeah. Right. Um, and so that is a real... F- awesome kickoff in the fall and i've already talked with another english teacher here and we're thinking oh man we need to do our poetry unit in the fall to coincide Mm -hmm. with poetry out loud although it's fun to do poetry throughout the year not just the big unit once
0: right
1: uh so you know a couple of lessons if i may yeah uh that are that are really fun are you know just the weekly journal of hey Freshman, hey, Honors 10. Hey, AP Lit, whoever. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, practice really getting to know one or two techniques a week or whatever your lesson may warrant. Sure. But just the free writing of the poetry, the sharing of the poetry, the culture of the poetry in the classroom on a weekly basis can just be a just a wonderful resting place for kids and also for us to hear our kids. Oh, I
0: know. That's the, the coolest thing, I think, is... Oh. hearing those, that emotion come from students that you don't always
1: get to see. Right. Yeah. And just selfishly, too, even just saying, okay, kids, I'm going to write with you because I'm right. going to model with right. you. And then, oh, I have 20 <laughs> minutes to write. Right.
0: <laughs> this is my modeling, my instructional yes. method. And you're just right? like, let's <laughs> yes. give each other 10 more minutes to
1: write than you're writing yourself. Right. Uh, I love doing... Um, Games, poetry games. There's one in particular, the Exquisite Corpse, okay. where it's just, it's a community poetry game. So you can do it with pods. You can do it with a whole class, but you're, you know, you might have one format and one format I have done before is like, okay, everybody fold over your paper. And then just one line is you have, a, you have to write an article, an adjective, a noun, a verb, an adjective, a noun, Okay. and have fun with language. It can be gobbledygook. Right. And then you're going to fold it over and pass it to the person on your right. And they have to do the same pattern. Okay. And we're going to do it 10 times. And then let's volunteer and let's read the poems and quotes that come out and read it really dramatically. And it's just so much fun to play with poetry and kids mm-hmm. tend to like frame them or you know tweet them out or, <laughs> right
0: right
1: or just you know have a good time with it and oftentimes they're just hilarious or really gross or <laughs> right. inappropriate or, or amazing you know and, or all, of, the yeah, or all yeah. of them yeah and it's just like look you guys you're not just an English class you're a human and you can have fun with language and isn't that really right. what poetry is right you know so um also a higher level Lesson two. I feel like I'm talking a lot about Oh, this. go for it. Yeah. That's, we're, what a that's podcast why you're here. Is. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, doing a pastiche too. So, if it, say you're doing a poetry unit and, you know, you can could, you could scaffold this to the kids in front of you, but uh, say a student is assigned a particular poet. Okay. Well, we just did this with my honors 10 kiddos. So, say somebody is assigned Gwendolyn Brooks.
0: Sure.
1: So then you get to know that poet. You know, get to know who she is, where she, where she came from, what her upbringing is, what's the context, and then you study four, five, six of her poems. Hmm. You can do this on a smaller scale too, yeah. and you really dissect and you annotate and you figure out well, what are her stylistics? What are the what what does she tend to use? Um, oh, she really likes a, a metaphor. Oh, she really likes playing with language with alliteration or free verse. Right. And you really study, study, study it. It's hard. And then you write your own. You know, you do a pastiche. You write your own Gwendolyn Brooks in the style of Gwendolyn Brooks. Oh, that's cool. A piece, right? And then if you want to go crazy, then you have them do a metacognitive writing. Sure. Okay, why and how is this a piece of... Gwendolyn Brooks. Oh, nice.
0: Style. No, that's cool.
1: So now you have to write about your writing, and their brains are just hurting. <laughs> right. And it's amazing. <laughs> right? No, just, that's really I've cool. Sucked all this energy out of you. But, ne- but look at this energy that you've created. And um, and then found poetry, too. I'm looking around your classroom. Yeah. I'm seeing the found poetry. Kids love that stuff. We love mm-hmm. that stuff. That's always really, really good. Yeah, lessons. no, and it,
0: yeah. It, and it just sounds like there's a lot of things out there. Sometimes I feel like introducing poetry in a class can be really daunting or polarizing. Yes. Or all of these things and it sounds like a lot of things of just getting kids to understand that poetry is not a one size fits all Mm -hmm. thing. There's not a one definition for what poetry is and and that type of thing. So no thank you for the great ideas on that model. That that I'm already in my head thinking, (laughs) Oh, what am I gonna not that I'm going to steal your stuff. Hey, uh, you know. we have to. Like, here. It's
1: open door, you <laughs> right. know, because you'll make it your own for the kids in front of you anyway.
0: Right. right. In addition to all these awesome poetry um, techniques that you've talked about, Molly, I, I know uh, you, ha- you have to have some f- of your favorite poets, favorite poems. Uh, what are some of those go-to things that you love having in your class or even
1: just personally? Right. So um, I love using hip-hop in the classroom. Yes. I just do... <laughs> And you know, being a '90s kid, um, I love doing just going to lyrics with you know, it, just the '90s artists and and today and just everything, you're just pulling apart different literary devices um, with that. So I love doing a lot of just really fresh. Songs, right. so it's not so scary in the classroom sure. with them, and then you get into Shakespeare, and then you get into the Odyssey, and you can see this stuff is still being used and was used. So, um, and personally, I love using some of my favorite poems <laughs> right. and poets, so I love to um, include wherever I can just writers that I love. So, um, John Keats has always been my favorite sure. poet yeah. since high school with Miss Johnson, just. Learning about the romantics, Blake and Keats, I just, I can't, I get, that is my safe space. That is, like, where I fall and just get lost in the romantics. Um, I love Seamus Heaney. I love Evan Boland. um, Just these Irish poets. A lot of, like, I guess kind of dead white guys. But you know what? That's the poetry. There's still some good ones. There's good ones, Right. right? Yeah, exactly. So, um just just a lot of poems. You know, of course, Shakespeare, too, just mm-hmm. was, has been and is such an influence on what I teach. And it you know... Um, Still relevant. Very relevant. Yeah. yeah, those are some of my favorite poets.
0: Well, thank you. I'll, I'll get you out of here... Pretty soon here, yeah. Molly. Obviously, we're in April now. We're heading, marching towards your first full summer since you've been back yep. here in Iowa. Anything you're really looking forward to, or with the time that's coming up here after we cross that finish line here?
2: Right.
1: First of all, I do have to say it's been it has been wonderful. I've loved awesome. it. The kids have. I mean, it's funny how kids are kids are kids, kind of right. wherever you go. Right. And so I've really enjoyed that. Um, we are going to be going back to Maine for a couple of awesome. weeks. Awesome. Cool. And my family also goes to this campground in northern New York um, called Word of Life Campground. So we're going to go there for a week uh, in July and then go back to Colorado, see some friends and family and then... Gear up, get ready and for school again.
0: Recharged, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just so. as soon as
0: you start to wind down, we're winding back up. I know. It feels like so. It's um, amazing. So. Well, I am. I'm happy personally and selfishly. I'm happy that uh, things are going well yeah. uh, for you because we're happy to have you here. But uh, more than that, thank you for participating and being involved in our greater Iowa uh, community of teachers. And uh, I know you I had a it. chance to come to the IECTE Fall Conference yes. in the fall. Uh, yes. And so thank you for continuing to validate and value our organization and, and giving back to our membership. So thank you very much, Molly. Yes. It's been a great couple of minutes. It's been a great year.
1: <laughs> thank Hope you. you have
0: a great April. And uh, thank you.
1: Yeah. Happy Poetry Month.
0: Yeah. Hashtag <laughs> Napomo. One of the things you heard Molly and me discussing in that segment was the fact that it's National Poetry Month. Poetry, like Twitter, so easily allows us to share short bits of texts that can have a very wide reach and impact many. In an effort to facilitate this sharing of poetry, the Yo Teach question for April was, what's a favorite poem of yours? Here's Allison Berryhill, teacher from Atlantic, Iowa, an all-around awesome person with her response.
2: I was recently reading a book by Ian McEwan and uh, there was a line that just really resonated for me. He said, God said, let there be pain and then there was poetry, eventually. And I just love that line because I feel like um, the most powerful poems to me take the pain of human existence and somehow turn it into something beautiful. And um, I think that's why I'm drawn to really sad poems. And um, I can't say that this is my all-time favorite poem, but it is one I love. And I've thought of it time and again. It's called Dog's Death by John Updike she must have been kicked unseen or brushed by a car too young to know much she was beginning to learn to use the newspapers spread on the kitchen floor and to win wetting there the words good dog good dog we thought her shy malaise was a shot reaction the autopsy disclosed a rupture in her liver as we teased her with play blood was filling her skin and her heart was learning to lie down forever. Monday morning, as the children were noisily fed and sent to school, she crawled beneath the youngest's bed. We found her twisted and limp, but still alive. In the car to the vets, on my lap, she tried to bite my hand and died. I stroked her warm fur and my wife called in a voice imperious with tears. Though surrounded by love that would have upheld her, nevertheless, she sank and stiffening disappeared. Back home, we found that in the night, her frame, drawing near to dissolution, had endured the shame of diarrhea and had dragged across the floor to a newspaper carelessly left there. Good dog.
0: An obvious theme for this month's podcast has been National Poetry Month. And the first two books that I'm gonna talk about definitely fit this theme. Uh, The first book is called Get Lit Rising, and it's written by Diane Luby Lane and the Get Lit Players. Uh, The Get Lit Players are 19 teenagers from Los Angeles who have inspired millions around the world through their spoken word poetry performances. Uh, Seriously, if you go to YouTube, type in Get Lit Players, you will find all sorts of um, high ratings and uh, comments and reviews and views. Uh, on YouTube from uh, these teenagers' uh, poetry performances. I first heard about this book in November of last year at the Allen Workshop held in Atlanta, Georgia after uh, the NCTE uh, convention. Despite two full days of panels featuring greats of every corner of young adult literature, the loudest applause over those those two days of the workshop without question came after we were graced with live spoken word performances from four teens featured in this book from the GetLit Players. I know one of my biggest hurdles when it comes to bringing poetry into my classroom is trying to make it relevant to the teens in front of me. Flipping through the pages of this book, however, it will be impossible for teachers and students alike to ignore the relevancy of poetry in the lives of young people. Diane Luby Lane, uh, the founder and executive director of the Get Lit Words Ignite organization, speaks to this in her introduction to the book. She says, What is poetry, you ask? Poetry is a language of the soul. It is the way we express the things that can't be said. It is the truth escaping from our kneecaps and eyes and fingers, bursting out of our pores and our pens, it is the truth without filter or interference of mind, society, rightfulness, or appropriateness. It is what we feel and never say. It is a melding of all the feelings we had as children before we tucked those feelings away. It is who we were before our first hurts and who we've become since. It is the voice of our innermost selves without judgment. It is the friend we never thought we'd have. It is truth before grammar and structure and school. It is also the cultivated stream after grammar and structure in school. It is learning to take that wild, natural earthquake inside and shape it, share it, through precision, thought, and skill. It is a means to communicate secrets of the soul with others, a new language, a new way to bring what's wild into the world. Poetry is everywhere. It is the lines printed on coffee mugs, the chants of the playground, the poignant prayers of childhood, the songs we can't stop singing. I have watched poetry change lives, it has changed mine, maybe it will change yours too. So each of the 19 teens featured in this book has their own chapter. This is sort of how each chapter is organized. Uh, It starts with a personal essay where the poet takes the reader into their private lives and reveals how they've used poetry to conquer their own personal, economical, and cultural challenges. Challenges that are not foreign to many of our own students. The poet then shares a classic poem that resonates with him or her uh, and then writes their own response poem. Each chapter also features reflection questions, writing prompts, and recommended classic poems for readers to claim for themselves. If introducing poetry into your classroom is something that brings you a bit of trepidation, or you simply want an opportunity to get lit with poetry, Get Lit Rising by Diane Luby Lane and the Get Lit Players is a must-add to your collection. One of my favorite contemporary writers and poets is Kwame Alexander. The author of more than 20 books, including The Crossover, Booked, and The Playbook, and the recipient of the 2015 Newbery Medal, Alexander has an immense gift for making poetry relatable and impactful for all young people, particularly those most reluctant to embrace the art form. In his most recent book, Out of Wonder, Poems Celebrating Poets, he, along with fellow poets Chris Colderley and Marjorie Wentworth, presents original poems that pay homage and imitate the work of 20 beloved poets from around the world and across centuries. In my earlier interview with her, Molly Pierce discussed the idea of utilizing pastiche in the classroom, imitating the style of a particular poet or piece. This book is a great reminder of the interconnectedness of poetry and literature. That the very writers we admire and look up to have artists that serve as muses to inspire them this sentiment is expressed by kwame alexander himself in his preface to this book he writes a poem is a small but powerful thing it has the power to reach inside of you to ignite something in you and to change you in ways you never imagined there's a feeling of connection and communion with the author and the subject when we read a poem that articulates our deepest feelings That connection can be a vehicle on the road to creativity and imagination. Poems can inspire us in our classrooms and in our homes to write our own journeys, to find our own voices. The title of this book, Out of Wonder, comes from a quote by renowned poet and children's book author Lucille Clifton. She wrote, poems come out of wonder, not out of knowing. Writers often struggle with the blank page. A clean slate can motivate, but it can also scare us. We are always in search of experiences that spark ideas for our poems and stories. Inspiration can also come from reading the work of other poets. Poems are not static objects. They are ever evolving ideas that speak to us in different ways at different times in our lives. I believe that by reading other poets, we can discover our own wonder. For me, poems have always been muses. The poems in this book pay tribute to the poets being celebrated by adopting their style, extending their ideas, and offering gratitude to their wisdom and inspiration. Enjoy the poems. We hope to use them as stepping stones to wonder, leading you to write, to read the works of the poets celebrated in this book, to seek out more about their lives and their work, or to simply read and explore more poetry. At the very least, maybe you can memorize one or two. We wonder how you will wonder. One of my favorite pieces from Out of Wonder is Alexander's original poem, Jazz Jive Jam, which celebrates Langston Hughes. On Saturday, my mama sang a song that sounded blue. Then daddy made his trumpet cry. I guess the rent is due. Round midnight came a band of neighbors swinging soul to soul. The landlord even cut a rug and let the good times roll. They all ate mama's waffles and her chicken cordon bleu. Then daddy passed his hat around because the rent is due. Come Sunday, me and mama kneeled while Deacon Willie prayed. When we got home, my daddy cheered, hooray, The rent's been paid. This book is full of poems that, like this one, celebrate poetry in all of its diverse voices and forms. Do yourself and your students a favor. Get this book and invite your students to craft their own writing. Out of Wonder. The final book recommendation I have for you this month is called Disrupting Thinking, Why How We Read Matters, by Kyleen Beers and Robert E. Probst. I've been a fan of the work of Kyleen and Bob for years. Many of you have likely read their recent and transformative books, Notice and Note, and Reading Nonfiction. If you haven't, those are definite must-reads. Many of you were probably at the ICTE Fall Conference a couple years ago, where Kyleen and Bob were our keynote speakers. Anyway, their latest book, published at the beginning of this month, is called Disrupting Thinking, Why How We Read Matters. This book picks up where the previous two left off, and even goes a step further by discussing an ongoing problem, lack of student engagement with reading. With their trademark humor and practical approach, beers and probes share a vision of what reading in all grades could be, all based on the very best mix of research— their real-life work in classrooms, and unabashed straight talk about the complex world of education. I normally save my reading a professional or English teacher books for the summer, but I simply couldn't wait with this one. With its sections on forming the types of readers they want, the framework they use for teaching reading, and their call for the changes we must embrace, there's plenty in here that i've already read and used in my classroom on the back of the book the authors are quoted as saying we need to recognize that reading ought to change us reading ought lead to thinking that is disrupting that shakes us up that makes us wonder that challenges us such thinking sets us on a path to change if not the world then at least ourselves in an environment where we are surrounded by fake news and obfuscating language Teaching our students to be reasonable, responsible, and compassionate readers is more important than ever. Disrupting thinking provides a clear and practical framework to do just that. Get yourself a copy of this book and prepare to get disrupted. Thanks for listening to the YoTeach podcast. I hope you enjoyed episode three. Look for episode number four next month. If you enjoyed what you heard, please let us know by reaching out to us on Twitter at ICTE underscore board, following our Facebook page or commenting in our Facebook group. Also, be sure to bookmark our website, www.iowaenglishteachers.org and check it out often. That's where you'll be able to find show notes from this month's episode that include all of the pertinent links and info. The podcast is written and produced by me, Austin Hall. Music for this episode from the Free Music Archive by BOPD, Little Glass Men, Dr. Turtle, and Broke for Free. Thank you also to Molly Pierce and Allison Berryhill for their contributions to this month's show. Thanks again, ICTE. Until next time, this has been your host, Austin Hall, signing off for Yo Teach, the official podcast of the Iowa Council of Teachers of English.